0: Come, Holy Spirit, your will be done. Hey guys, Morgan here, bringing you another episode of Joy and Hope. I am really excited about this series. I am seeing what wonderful fruit it is bearing. And so I'm just so pumped to bring you this third part. Part three of this 10 part series on overcoming an addiction to masturbation. As always, if you are a young person or a child and have no idea what I'm talking about or what masturbation means, please stop right here. Pause this video, pause this podcast, go to a parent or a trusted, loving adult and address these things with them because this is not something for young people to go out alone. Even though it's something I was struggling with by the time I was in fifth grade, I didn't know what masturbation meant until eighth grade. So if you don't know what it is, I'm not the person to breach that subject with you. However, I know that I needed this when I was your age. So if you don't know what it means, don't look it up on the internet, go to a parent, go to someone you trust, address it with them. And parents, please prayerfully consider when is the best time To breach such a sensitive subject with your children. For me, it's not something I went to my parents with until way too late. I was filled with shame. I felt so alone, but I did not know who to bring things up with. I just felt dirty. I felt alone. So please pray, though. Please prayerfully consider when you should do that because. I hear that the average exposure age to pornography now is by second grade, especially if you're letting your kid have a smartphone or smart device, just saying. So all of that to say, big old disclaimer, right at the front of every podcast and um, video with this series, because I do not want to lead anyone into sin, let alone temptation. So without further ado, let's pray, shall we? I need it. You need it. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Totus Tuus, Maria Ego zoom I am totally yours, Mary. Oh, I'm just so excited, you guys. It is so cool to see how many people are benefiting from this series. So praise be to you, Lord Jesus Christ, for that. And I continue to break chains and liberate brothers and sisters in your most holy name. Unfortunately, I'm also getting a couple of comments that are rude or derogatory, so please pray for me and for my protection as I continue this series. It only aids me, though, because it helps affirm me that I am doing the right thing because of Christ, got crucified, and Christ received terrible, untrue comments and rude things like spat in his face. I'm doing the right thing. However, it's still kind of hard sometimes to hear that stuff. So, Please pray for me. Please pray for all the people who are posting inappropriate content on my channel. Please, Jesus, we pray for their salvation. Help them to know that they are beautiful and loved and help them to find the truth. I only want to mention a couple other comments, though, because I think some people are just confused and they are seeking the truth, which is amazing. However, if these episodes in this series are raising questions for you, I encourage you go talk to a Catholic priest or better yet, just do the research yourself as to what the church teaches on this topic. I actually have the catechism here with me today. I'm going to be starting off by reading a couple things that the catechism has to say about masturbation specifically, and also mortal sin, because I think some people are getting confused and thinking that I'm making certain claims when I'm not. So, Let's dive into that, shall we? So someone actually posted on my channel that they think masturbation fails the standard for mortal sin. But just in case you are not familiar with the concept of mortal sin, First, you can see the description below for a video I actually did, an episode I made with my friends Luke and Daniel last year about the differences between mortal and venial sin. If you want to look it up yourself, it's paragraphs 1854 through 1864 in the Catechism. You can also go watch that other video or you can just listen to it right here. So for a sin to be mortal, this is specifically paragraph 1857, for a sin to be mortal, which means serious, which means you cut yourself off from God and have to go to reconciliation to have it be reconciled, um, three conditions have to be met. One, mortal sin is sin whose object is grave, so very serious matter, which is two, also committed with full knowledge. And three, deliberate consent. Another way to say that is, one, it's serious. Two, I know it's serious. And three, I do it anyway. So this person made that comment on my channel. So good, they know what mortal sin is. But then they claim that masturbation fails the standard for mortal sin because they said, one, due to it often being done by girls in their innocence, it is not a grave matter. Two, many girls start quite young, don't even see it as sexual until their later teens. And three, this person said, I never have met anyone who intends to commit mortal sin with their masturbation. So here is my response. First, I explained the qualifications for mortal sin like we just did. And then I said, to quote the catechism, so now we're going to paragraph 2352. So I got this directly from here. It says, masturbation is always an intrinsically and gravely disordered action. The deliberate use of the sexual faculty for whatever reason outside of marriage is contrary to its purpose. And then I said, consider this example for a moment. A small child gets a hold of a parent's hunting rifle and accidentally shoots and kills his sibling. Though the act may not be a mortal sin, if it was an accident and not intended by the child, it doesn't change the fact that he killed his sibling, which is a grievous offense. Similarly, a young child may begin to masturbate without understanding its seriousness, but that doesn't change the fact that it is serious. And then I said to this person's points specifically, one, I'm not saying that young children, boys or girls are always in a state of mortal sin when they masturbate. Actually, the Catechism makes a disclaimer, a qualification, if you will, for this. In that same paragraph, 2352, they say, to form an equitable judgment about the subject's moral responsibility and to guide pastoral action, one must take into account the effect of immaturity, force of acquired habit, conditions of anxiety, or other psychological or social factors that lessen or even extenuate moral culpability. I thought that was pretty cool. So, like I am like responded to this person, not saying every single person, child or otherwise, is in a state of mortal sin because they're masturbating. If they aren't aware of the gravity of their offense, then it makes sense to say they likely aren't in a state of mortal sin, but... But, but, but it doesn't change the fact that it is an unhealthy behavior and always grave or serious matter per the catechism. Two, even if someone begins masturbating at a young age and doesn't totally understand human sexuality, it doesn't change the fact that masturbation is a sexual act. It involves one's sexual organs. Therefore, masturbation is always sexual by nature, whether someone understands that or not. Three, I've never met anyone who is thinking logically when he or she commits a mortal sin. When we sin, we try to justify it with thoughts like, this isn't a big deal, I can go to confession later, etc. No one sits around thinking, this is serious, I know it's serious, and I'm gonna do it anyway. Again, if someone doesn't understand these things or the seriousness of the situation, it isn't mortal sin. That's not what I'm saying. Yet, If someone does understand or at least senses that masturbation is serious, like I did when I was younger, even though I didn't know the technical term, it could very well be mortal sin because, one, as we've already said at length, it is serious. Two, he or she senses its seriousness. And three, chooses to do it anyway. For further questions, see a Catholic priest or... Catechism. I am praying for you. Okay. So super excited about this. Step three, digging up the root. So if you've been with me for this whole series, the first thing we did, and this can go for any sexual addiction. So just to say that too, it doesn't have to be masturbation. This can be applied to any sexual sin. The first thing we did was admit to ourselves and God that we are addicted and that we need His help, the help of a higher power. Two, running to Him because of that, we go to the sacrament of reconciliation. We bring these things to the light, no matter how scary, no matter how difficult it is, knowing that when we name those things, they are brought into the light. And scripture at length talks about bringing those dark things into the light. That's my mission here at Join Hope to bring light to the dark. So, once we do those two things though, where do we go from there? Because an addiction it's not just something we do one time. Obviously, that's that's not what an addiction is. An addiction is I'm this is such an ingrained behavior that it might need a lot more healing and time than just boom, one and done. Some people are delivered in that way. Think about St. Paul, who was killing, persecuting Jews, Christians in the early, in the early church, not, sorry, Jews, like the Christians, whether they were Jews, Gentiles, whoever, who's killing Christians, and then is boom, converted in an instant, and then never turns back. That kind of stuff can happen. That happened to me the first time I was delivered from an addiction to masturbation. It was literally just One and done. I like went to confession. I was like, yeah, never again. I wasn't ever afraid of messing up again. It was awesome. Like, maybe that's your story. That's seriously, praise God for that. That is a gift. But the second time that I was addicted, it was a lot more difficult to break. I needed a lot more healing. And so that's where really the inspiration for this series has come from. So, When we have to do more work, when like the Lord has to do more work in us, needs us to do more things on our part, that's where we're getting into digging up this root. Because if you think about a plant, just a weed, for example, if you just pull like the leaves or what's above ground off, but don't hit the root, then it's going to grow back. So if you want to eliminate a weed completely from your garden, you have to dig up the root. So same with sexual sin, same for any sin, but sexual sin, because that's what we're talking about here. You have to dig up that root. So what is the root of a sin? We know that the root of every sin is pride, but specifically when it comes to sexual sin, the way that that looks is very different for every person. So for me, the Lord has revealed to me, like, That the root of my sin the first time was that exposure to pornography. It was that wound of my parents accidentally exposing me to porn. And then the second wound when I became re-addicted to masturbation was that, that bad relationship. And not bad in the sense that the man was bad. I know that he meant well. I meant well. We were just teenagers and we got wrapped up in lust. And he honestly not pressured me to do things, but it was him who initiated certain lustful behaviors that I did not say no to. And so in that way, he hurt me, he wounded me. And in a very real sense, like took some of my innocence from me, not blaming him, not blaming my parents, but we have to name those roots, those wounds. So for me, those were my two big wounds when it comes to being addicted to masturbation. Dr. Bob Schutz and Jake Kim, both of whom are Catholic therapists, I've talked about at length. They have what's called an anatomy of a wound, a diagram in Dr. that you can find in Dr. Bob Schutz's book Be Healed, and in him and Jake Kim's podcast Restore the Glory. And so they talk about how, like, at the very center of a wound is the actual wound, so the root, if you will, like that wound, and then that gives way to this set of beliefs, like these false beliefs, these lies that we start to hold on to. Things like for me, this lie that I'm not safe. Like I wasn't protected by my parents. I wasn't protected by my boyfriend. Like these lies that the devil starts whispering in us that eventually if we vow to be true, which is the third outermost layer, it leads to all sorts of disordered behaviors and lifestyles because I haven't addressed what's at the root because I didn't know. I didn't know what was there, but that's what we're getting into today. So as I've shared also in the first two episodes, Jake Kim actually did a talk on healing habitual sin that I listened to shortly before starting this series, which was so awesome. Such a godsend. Speaking of which, real quick, him, I just saw this on Instagram yesterday, him and Dr. Bob are starting in their podcast, their next series very soon, which is, healing from sexual sins, like sexual healing. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. So find links to all of this stuff that I'm referencing in the description below, but get pumped for that because these two are even more wise than me when it comes to this stuff. So um, this is coming from Jake's talk though, which was also put on my heart by God. So super, super, super cool. When we talk about digging up the root, we have to identify those lies. We have to get to the deeper root of what is really going on. Where did this sin come from? And also addressing what makes it sin. He had a very important point on that note during his talk, but we already addressed that. At the start of this episode. So you address what makes it a sin. Is it a sin for you? And then identifying those lies, which by the way, is again, the devil, it's the devil putting those thoughts in our minds. They're, they're the temptations. It's not, it's not something that's coming from us. You are good. I am good. We're created very good by God. We read that in the book of Genesis I feel like several years ago, God revealed this to me. Like we are simply vessels. We really are. Like we are just vessels. We're made by God, but we choose what comes into us, whether that's good or evil. So every day throughout the course of your day, when thoughts come to you, those those thoughts aren't from you. Consider Eve, the very first person who ever sinned think about her. She didn't go looking for sin. She didn't want to sin. The thought in her mind was God is good and I'm never going to eat of this tree. He told me not to. Who put the bad thought in her mind? It was the devil, the father of lies that we read about in scripture in the gospel of John. But in the New Testament also, we read that God, our father is the father of lights. So it's up to us in each moment. Am I going to allow this thought to That is a dark thought, a lie to enter in, or am I going to dispute that with the light of truth, this thought from the Lord? But before we talk about the truth, we do have to identify the lies because if you're like me, you have held on to them for a long time. So the very first sin like that Eve ever committed, if we think about that, what was her original thought like with God and the goodness, it was that God is good. Okay. What did the devil put in her mind? He instilled that disbelief, that, that questioning, that wondering, is God really good? Can God alone really satisfy me? And if that answer for us, as it was for Eve, becomes no, we have to address where did distrust become a part of your story? I already said for me, that entered in that first time that my parents exposed me to pornography. The first time that innocence, very real sense, my innocence was stripped from me. They didn't mean to, but the devil used that instance to get into my mind. And then again, after I'd been healed, Again, with that boyfriend of, I'm not actually safe. God is not enough. I have to have this relationship. I have to have this physical pleasure to actually be satisfied, to actually be happy. And both of those, the, that was a lie. That was totally a lie. And it took over my life. I shared that last summer in a talk I did, which you can also find on my channel. But like, I, I spoke to this group of young women and I told them, I can't stand when people make masturbation this like flippant thing that's like normal or fine, expected, healthy, oh, whatever. No! Lies! It took over my life. I was so addicted. I was powerless. I was helpless. I was full of shame. And people try to tell me giving into that is healthy. No, you're wrong. You are listening to a lie, a lie of the evil one. I have found joy and peace and freedom only in being freed of that addiction, not during the times when I was giving into it. So what lies are you believing? These false beliefs. I'm going to just list a couple that Jake Kim listed in his talk. The first, which we've already said, God is not enough to satisfy me. Maybe the lie in your mind that you have vowed to believe to yourself is my spouse is not enough to satisfy me. So even though I'm married and engage in sex itself within this beautiful context of marriage, that's still not enough for me. So I'm going to masturbate. Three, I can't wait. I can't wait for marriage. Oh, that makes me so sad. I I love Saturday Night Live sometimes so I'm not bashing them or any other form of media but just for example how our culture like can perve- like per- pervert our minds there is this really old skit that they did and they are supposed to be in high school and these two people are talking about how sex can wait masturbate. Lies! No, 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 that is not God's intent for us, for our sexuality, or for our joy and freedom. So, that is a lie and I dispute that in the name of Jesus. Sadly, this is how one of my best friends from grade school also, like, eventually became addicted to masturbation. She went off to college and had this roommate who literally told her about how she masturbated and she was and my friend had never heard of that before and she was like oh my gosh it's amazing you have to try it it feels so good and so that's how like this friend got addicted to masturbation that is sad that is so so sad and my heart goes out to you. So however you got addicted, just know that this is not your fault. Like that hopefully you weren't the one that went seeking this out, that wherever that wound occurred, that that was a wrong and that was an injustice. And I'm not saying that this friend was like supposed to fight against that roommate. I'm not fighting against my parents or my ex-boyfriend. No, 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 no. In scripture, in, I just read this last week. It's in one of Paul's letters. I want to say I'm not even going to guess it. I don't want to be wrong. In one of Paul's letters, he talks about, I think it's Ephesians actually though, 612. Um, Thank you, Holy Spirit. He talks about how our fight is not against people. It's not against like flesh and blood. So not people. It's against the devil. It's against principalities, the powers, the world rulers of this present age. Those like evil angelic like fallen angelic fallen angels demons like against those forces of nature like this is not about me and the person that maybe yes unfortunately is part of my story that brought that into my life but it wasn't actually that person it was the devil working through the situation and actually just last week I had this thought come to me that brought an incredible sense of comfort and peace of mind that A third of the angels are fallen. Yes, so now they're demons. But for every demon, there are two good angels fighting against him. And that the Lord is going to give you victory if he hasn't already from this addiction, whether it's masturbation or otherwise. So hold on to that hope, friend. But just to list a couple more lies in case I haven't resonated with you yet. The lie that I am alone in college when I was struggling with this sin. That was a huge lie that I was believing I I just felt like no one understood me, especially at the little Catholic college I went to. I felt so dirty and ashamed. I felt like everybody around me was perfectly holy, that no one would understand what I was going through, which isn't true because there's a statistic that like one in two guys struggle and one in three women. So I'm just like, one, it is not just the guy's issue. And two, way more people struggle or have struggled than we think. Also, Jake says that this lie that I'm alone comes from feeling that you're not safe or not supported. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is exactly where my wounds came from. Holy crap, when God reveals stuff, does it not hit that right there? So then another lie is no one wants me in college, I just wanted a boyfriend. I wanted a good, holy, Catholic boyfriend who would love me and love the Lord and lead me to God. And no one that I was interested in was asking me out. And I was so upset over that because I felt like I wasn't good enough. When all my friends were getting asked out or guys I liked were interested in my friends instead of me, I just felt like something was wrong with me. And so I felt like no one wanted me. And then another lie that we can believe I'm not worth fighting for. This isn't a big deal. Lies, lies, lies. Another lie. I have to take care of myself. Okay. That was a lot. So I'm just going to sit on that for a second. Come Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 10 5. Paul talks about how we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Meaning that when there is a thought from the father of lies that enters in, a dark thought, a dirty thought, don't freak out. Like that thought is not from you. It's not coming from you. You're not generating it. If it leaves a rain cloud over your head, that is not from God. God works in peace, joy, and love. So say in the name of Jesus, I reject that lie. I reject the lie that I'm not good enough. I reject the lie that I will not be able to wait for marriage. I reject the lie that because I am addicted, I am dirty and I am worthless and I'm not going to be good until I kick this addiction. I reject the lie that I'm not safe. I reject the lie that no one wants me and I reject the lie that God doesn't have a plan for my sexuality and my sexual desires. Finally, I reject the lie that God is not enough for me, that I am not enough for him or anyone else, and that he is not enough to satisfy my heart. I claim the truth in the name of Jesus, that God is enough. Let's refute all of those lies, shall we? In the name of Jesus, we claim the truth that God is enough to satisfy us. I claim the truth that our spouses are enough to satisfy us. I claim the truth that we can wait. As Scripture says, we have been given a spirit of self-control and that God will not allow us to be tempted beyond our strength and that He will always provide a way out. We reject the lie that we are alone. We claim the truth that that God is always with us, that the Lord himself will fight for us as he did for the Israelites in the book of Exodus. I claim the truth that we are wanted by God and created by him. I claim the truth that we are worth fighting for, Exodus 14, 14, again. I claim the truth that that, that this is a big freaking deal and that God will take care of me. That God will take care of you. The way that I had kind of thought about, like, like the name I thought about for this episode before I saw Jake's description of it was defeating the devil. So digging up the root, defeating the devil. But I just want to speak into that again, because this is, in reality, what we are doing. When we dispute those lies and dispel that darkness, we are defeating the devil and we are saying that we are claiming the truth we are living by the by the words and the whispers and the inspirations of the father of lights instead and for this reason i highly recommend regular spiritual direction because that is an incredible source of enlightenment it has been in my life, and I know in the lives of many others, including a man that Dr. Bob Schutz wrote about in his book, Be Healed, who through spiritual direction and also counseling, since him and Jake are counselors, it's also been in therapy sessions that they are able to pray with people and dig up that root. So if this is something that has pervaded in your life for a really long time, I highly recommend professional counseling. That has been a part of my story. And without it, I would not be healed to the extent that I was. So pray about counseling, pray about spiritual direction, and also the reception of the sacraments of reconciliation and the Eucharist are incredibly powerful. I know we already kind of talked about that in the last episode, but seriously, sacramental grace is real. I can attest to it in my life. These things have helped me because it goes back to the whole, like, where do our weapons come from? Like we don't fight people. We like are fighting these powers of darkness. So where, like, where are our weapons coming from? Heaven and God and the sacraments and prayer. So always, always, always keep those things in mind. And also possibly take, take into consideration, the thought of fasting, because scripture also tells us that some demons can only be driven out by prayer and fasting. So I want to end with just a couple examples of how, if this is something that you just can't seem to kick, fasting seriously is such a powerful spiritual force. and It has been for me in my life too. So this can look different. Again, these are just some examples for my life, but Maybe it's sacrificing meat on Fridays. In canon law, it actually still is binding on Catholics, not just in Lent, like I always thought about growing up, but every Friday of the year, we are called to either sacrifice eating meat or giving up some other, like doing some special sacrifice every Friday, remembering the pain and the death that Jesus went through to save us. So a very powerful way to free, like, To gain that freedom from a sexual addiction could be fasting for meat on Fridays and helping yourself remember Christ died for me to defeat this in my life. I will sacrifice this today to do my part. Another example that came to me when I was writing this, you could give up social media on Sundays, have more time just to be with the Lord in prayer because being with him in his word and in prayer in the Thanks so much for joining us today on the Joy and Hope podcast. We seek to bring light to the dark. If you enjoy our mission, we would love for you to become a patron on Patreon. Our patrons are what make it possible for us to continue doing joy and hope full time, bringing you the inspiring, creative content that uplifts you to live more joyful, hopeful lives. So please consider supporting us. Thanks so much for being here today. God bless and see you next time.